All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. How y'all doing today? Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas uh, to those of you who are here. You guys look so beautiful, so nice, everyone. If you're with, with our Bloomington campus, Merry Christmas to you guys. It was good to be with you a couple weeks ago at your meal. I love you. I miss you. Hope you're staying warm. I'm glad you guys are here, especially if you're a visitor here today, because I know the people ask you at Christmas to come, and we've been praying for you maybe. So I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad we get to celebrate Christmas together. Christmas is a time to be celebrated with family and friends and uh, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm up here. They probably have my name at some place under the screen. By the way, when I was watching those special effects, like of the snow on the, I'm like, I wonder if they have sideways blowing snow special effects, like 100 miles an hour, because that's what it did yesterday and the day before, right? I love the snow. You know, I'm glad about the snow being here. But but Christmas is about getting to know each other, sometimes reacquainting with old family and friends. Uh, and so I'm at a disadvantage. You know my name. My name is Mike. I preach here. But I don't know all your names. So, uh, uh, so on the count of three, I just want you to introduce yourself to me, okay? I just want you to shout out your name. Now, kids, this is the last time during this sermon you can talk and not become a part of the sermon. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Yeah. Oh, you guys can do better than that. One, two, three. Yeah. It's nice to meet you. Love you all. Actually, you guys just told me your first name. Most of us have three names, right? We have a first name, which you shouted out. We have a last name that tells kind of what family we belong to. And then we have a middle name that's just for when your mom gets mad at you. (laughs) Anybody else? When I was growing up, when I got in trouble, Michael Robert Baker, I can still hear my mom saying it now. Now, after being uh, married 37 years, my wife says it to me. (laughs) Michael Robert Baker And now my daughter-in-law, Monica, she says it to my grandson, Israel, but she includes my middle name, which is not his middle name. He has four of them, Israel, Michael, Robert, Baker. And I think it's her way of saying you and your dad, your son and your grandpa are somehow behind everything bad that you're doing. So he gets four names. She uses four names for Israel. Well, listen, we come today and we, we think about names. Names are very important at Christmas time. They're very important for this reason. We got this big present up here. Who's the present for? That's a good question. The, this is why names are important at Christmas time, because you've seen these. Maybe at your house, maybe under the tree, you've got tags on boxes. And the tag simply says, to, that's who's going to get the present? Who is this to? And from, that's who the present is from. And this tag is very important because it indicates the name that the gift is for and the name that the gift is from, and it makes it special. If you lose the tag, somebody has to shake it and go, who is this for? The tag lets us know. Who's it to? Who's it from? I'm going to share with you one special verse today from Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, 700 years before Jesus was born. One verse that talks about a name that tells us everything about the gift the giver, and who it's to on Christmas Day. Let's, let's read this together. Y'all ready for the word of the Lord? Okay, here we go. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. God, would you come in this place now? I know these kids are as excited as I am. Want to open presents and rip and run and have fun with family and friends. And, and uh, I just pray that you just give us a few moments here to focus on 
the name, the names that surround the story of a baby born in a manger all these years ago. And uh, just help us to focus on that name and help us to understand what it means for us. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the to and from is very significant. We've been talking about this Christmas mystery. What is this gift? The Old Testament talked in kind of mysterious terms. You know, it's going to be a righteous branch. Uh, Whatever it is, uh, whoever it is, he's going to be born in a little town called Bethlehem. Uh, He's going to be a great light that shines. And today comes the last part of this. He's going to be a baby boy born of a virgin. This is the most important thing of all, of all the clues. What is his name going to be? In fact, in the Bible, we have three names for this little baby boy. Remember when the angel appeared to both Mary and Joseph, said, you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. The word Jesus, Yeshua, in the Old Testament means save. So his name means save, Jesus. His name is also Christ. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Not just his last name. Christ means that he's the anointed one. He's the king. So we have Savior, we have King, we have Jesus, we have Christ. And then we come to this name, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel simply says, we're told uh, from Matthew, it means God with us. Those are the three names of, of, of this baby boy born in Bethlehem that we celebrate this time of year every year. Jesus, Christ, Emmanuel, and they tell us exactly who he is. If the names are important at Christmas, then Jesus and Christ and Emmanuel are the most important names for us to consider just for a few moments tonight. By the way, when I was, when I was writing this this week, I was going, I wonder if Mary ever got mad at Jesus and just like used all three names. If she did, it would sound something like, Savior, King, God with us. What are you doing? You come here right now, mister. Probably not, because he was perfect. So she probably not, never had to get on him, although he did get lost in the temple one time. So maybe she did. But whatever the case, I just want us to dwell on that last name that we've shared tonight from Isaiah seven fourteen, Emmanuel, God with us. Because this one name really says it all. It says who this present is to, and it says who this present is from, and it says what the present is. In this one little name, Emmanuel. So let's just start from the beginning. Let's just start with the us part of Emmanuel. God with us. The us in this story happens to be a guy by the name of Ahaz, who's the king of Israel. You know, by, you can't just grab little verses out of the Bible and go, oh, that's what that means. There's always an us story around the little verses. And this verse comes in the middle of a story Ahaz and the people of Israel are the us, and they've just been, they've just been uh, invaded by armies, two kings and two armies. It doesn't look good. It's pretty scary. And they're scared to death. How scared are they? I'm glad you asked. It's part of my sermon. In chapter 7, verse 2, it says that the heart of the people shook like the trees of the forest shake before the wind. They were scared. And so God lets, the, lets them know, lets Ahaz know through the prophet I'm watching you. I see you. I know what's going on. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. Christmas is about God seeing us, knowing us, caring about us, no matter who you are. This is really comforting because Jesus sees what's happening. When these two kings invaded Ahaz, it wasn't a shock to God. God didn't up, it wasn't up in heaven saying, oh, I didn't see that one coming. God knew. 
And he appears to Ahaz, he says, Ahaz, I know what they're doing. I know that they've invaded you. And I also know they're not gonna harm you. I got this. But you're not by yourself, Ahaz. You don't have to be alone. He cares about his people. He cares about their fear. And he cares about the situation that they're in, which brings us all these 2,700 years later, fast forward to you and me. Let's just pause for a minute in the middle of this story and say, what are the situations you find yourself in right now? We're family, we're friends, it's fun, there's parties, there's lots of gifts, but you know that's gonna wear off really quickly. Some of us bring fears and real situations into this evening. Some of us are afraid for finances or for jobs. You know, prices don't seem to be going down, right? Some of us have health concerns of all different kinds and varieties. Some have upcoming uh, appointments that we don't know what's wrong with us, just something wrong with us. Some of us have family strife, family division, or just family weirdness, because you know families. Some of you are dealing with emotional pain. Some of you have dreams that have faded or gone. And, 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 and again, we can mask all this stuff, and we do at Christmas time, rightfully so, with so much eggnog and Christmas cookies and ugly sweaters and parties, and that's all good. But at some point, we need God to take notice of us. And here's the key to Christmas joy. You wonder how you can have joy at Christmas. You wonder why the angel said, um, I bring you good news of a great joy. It's not because everything's going to go perfectly. It's that God sees us. That God knows us by name. That God cares for us. And that God is aware of us and God is going to do something in our life. Remember what the angel said? Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for who? All the people. Yeah. If you're watching online, people are amen and left and right, especially kids. God with us. With us means that this, this, the, the Savior has been brought into the world, good news of great joy for all people. It was good news when Ahaz and the Old Testament people of God found out that God had them in mind. But God's word was saying, I'm going to send a baby named Emmanuel because I care not just for you, Ahaz. I care for the whole world. We know the story, and maybe this is news to you, but I want you to hear it again. For God so loved the world for God so loved us that he gave his only son. First John says something similar, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but listen, that God loved us. No way. Way. Emmanuel. God sees us. But you know what's great about God? That would be great if he just said, hey, I see you guys from up here in heaven, and I know it's bad, and get well soon, and me bless you right? If he said that, that'd be cool. That's funny, y'all. Instead of God bless you, me bless you. Stay with me. I'm jacked up on some cookies right now. So anyway, I want to I move on. God with us. Now I want to underline this part of his name. Emmanuel means God with us. Well, that's going to change everything about us. That's going to change our story. It's going to change the story that happens here in, in Ahaz's life. And I want to draw your attention to that word in verse 14. Look at it. Behold, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now, sometimes we hear the words low and behold, and it sounds very Christmassy. It's almost like once upon a time. 
and we think it's the start of the story. When I was a kid, I thought Lo and Behold were names of Christmas angels. Like Lo, the angel of the Lord, and Behold, the angel of the Lord. They're like twin brothers, like Lo and Behold, they come at Christmas time, right? That's what I thought growing up. But it's really an emphatic word. The word behold here should always have an exclamation point behind it. It is an emphatic word in the original language, behold. So, so Jesus, God's speaking through the prophet to Ahaz. He says, Ahaz, I know you're in a bind. I see you. I know the us of your story. What can I do for you? And Ahaz doesn't have enough faith to ask God for a miracle. So God says, well, behold, boom. Amazing, miraculous, you know what I'm gonna do? A baby born of a virgin, that's pretty miraculous. Now, I don't wanna get parents in trouble here tonight and have to explain stuff at Christmas, but most of us understand how reproduction works. Even Mary understood it when the angel appeared to her and said, you are going to give birth to the Christ child. She said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And how this can be is one word, God. That's how it can be. Anything's possible when God steps into the situation. God asked Ahaz through Isaiah the prophet, ask me for a sign. There it is. I didn't read it. But in verse 10, he says, ask anything. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Man, what would you say to God tonight if God said to you, ask a sign? Do something miraculous. I'll do anything you want. Miraculous in your life. Just ask me for it. I'll do it. I bet we could probably come up with some things, but I hope we'd get past our genie in the bottle kind of mentality for prayer, asking for money and asking for cars or bigger houses or power or success or whatever. How would you like God to move and work in your life? Well, what if I told you that the same God with us in Ahaz's day is the same God that does miracles in our day? What if I told you that he still does stuff just as miraculous as virgin birth. Yeah, listen, God works all the time. Virgin birth was just the end of the story or the beginning of the story of salvation in the world. It's the end of the Christmas story. A baby's born, but it's not the end or the beginning of the story. 700 years before Jesus was born, he's talking to a prophet, talking to a king saying, hey, you're going to see this virgin birth thing. Nine months before Jesus was born, guess what? A little girl in Nazareth is just doing her household chores a year before Jesus is born, Joseph and Mary get engaged, and Joseph is off working and preparing a place for them to do their life together. But months before Jesus was born, people were traveling all over the world. Christmas has always been heavy traffic. They were traveling all over the world to pay their taxes. Before Jesus was born, shepherds were just keeping watch in the fields like they had thousands of nights before. But in the middle of this, God is orchestrating the greatest miracle of all time, God with us. And I believe that God's still in the business of working miracles today. I don't think God with us stopped at the, at the manger. And I don't think God with us stopped at the cross or the empty grave. I believe that God still works miracles in us today. While we're going about our Christmas shopping and our Christmas parties and our Christmas Eve services, and all the details, and all the stuff, we are sometimes oblivious to the signs that God has given us. This will be a sign, God says, behold, the, the virgin will give birth to a son and call his name Emmanuel, 
Guys, I know some of you would love a sign, would love a very visible sign this Christmas, and I would say keep praying because God might just do it if you believe. I believe that if Ahaz would have asked, God would have given him what he asked as a sign that God was with him. But here's what I understand, that the behold of Christmas is God's sign that he has come to save us from our sins. You know what? Virgin birth, cool. And we were talking in the preaching team meeting this week. Isn't it amazing? Like of all the things that we state as one of our firm beliefs in all the confessions we have, we believe in the virgin birth. Why? Because it's the miraculous work of God in our lives, in our world. But guess what? Virgin birth is not the most miraculous thing God did. The most miraculous thing that God did was to work salvation in our lives through Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you're going, I I don't know, I'm not sure, I've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, just call hell, you know, uh, text hello to that number on the screen. We wanna talk to you about that. We really believe that God's got something for you, that everything that's happening in your life, he can work it together to work an eternal life for you. That's what he's trying to do. But still the name Emmanuel, now we know who it's for, it's for us. We know who it's from, it's from God. What is it? Well, what it is, is with. It's it's that we're not alone. The gift is that we don't have to do this by ourselves. God with us. The Hebrew word, actually, you know I love words. I'm not that smart, but I just love words. The Hebrew word im, im, it means with. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, amen. Future preacher right there. God is with us. And if God is with us, that means that we never have been, we are not now, and we never will truly be alone. I want you to hear this. We need to hear this in this really connected, electronic, technologically driven world where we know everything and everybody, but we're so alone. You need to hear this. God with us means I'm not alone, and you're not alone, and you're watching online. You're not alone because God cares about me and God works miracles in my life, then he inserts himself into my life. Why then do we sometimes feel alone? Why is it that some of us feel lonely this Christmas? I was talking to my wife the other day. It's it's really weird, but my father passed away around Christmas time 26 years ago. And uh, I I told her, I said, "It's, it's so weird because now it's like I've almost forgotten what he sounds like. And, and what he would say. But there's still sometimes I go, oh, I wish you could see this or this. I wish I could tell him this or that. I wish you could see the, the great grandkids that my mom gets to enjoy. So some, sometimes we're lonely because a loved one's passed on or there's memories passed or, or friends are far away or family's far away. But I wanna tell you two ways that I believe that God is with us, that God's with you. If you're a college student, a high school student, that God's with you if you're in a nursing home watching online, if you're older here and you can barely get around, if you're expecting, if you're married, or if you're young married, if you're dating, if you're back from college, it doesn't matter who you are. I wanna tell you that God with us means that you're not alone. Number one, we're not alone in our human experience. God with us means he understands what it's like to be a human. That's what Jesus' birth is all about. Jesus came to experience humanity. Are you experiencing pain tonight? You're not alone. So did Jesus. If you're experiencing mental stress or anguish or even depression, you're not alone. 
Jesus was so stressed in the garden praying for our sins that he sweat drops of blood. It's a real mental anxiety, depression kind of result. If you're here and you feel abandoned, so did Jesus. God gets it. God understands you. You're not alone in your abandonment. He was left by everybody. If you're here tonight and you were abused, you're not alone. God understands that. If you're here and you've been betrayed by somebody, somebody's turned their back on you or said something behind your back that hurt you, you're not alone. So did Jesus. If you're rejected, you're not alone. So was Jesus. If you're sad, you're not alone. So is Jesus. What I'm saying is, is that there's a God who's been with us and that makes all the difference. There's never a time where I can look at God and say, you don't understand. You understand, God, because you've been in my shoes. There's a God who thoroughly gets us because he's been where we are. And I know you're sitting there going, well, that's nice. I'd just like something more tangible, something more real. I know that God's with me. I know that his spirit lives in me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're thinking, I know that theoretically, theologically, I know God's with us. But how can I not be alone? Can I share with you a really another awesome, tangible way that God is with us? God is with us because of the church. There's a really easy way to be with people who love you and care for you, are not perfect. I call us sometimes the fellowship of the lonely. We are a bunch of people who have been lonely and rejected and messed up our whole lives, and we come together in the church, and guess what? We're family. You're not alone. Because God experienced loneliness, he designed a tangible togetherness for his journey, for this journey. It's the Christ-following community called church. And I know if you look around or if you've been around church, maybe in your past or even now, you look, the church looks like the island of misfit toys. I get it. We're all broken in some ways, don't work exactly the way we're supposed to. We are not perfect, but we are not alone. And I want you to know whatever you're going through, we have groups for that. And if you want to be close to people, we have groups that you can get into. And if you want to be a part of a fellowship, you're welcome to come back here January 8th. And if you want to do something that makes a difference in the world, you can join a team and serve wherever you want. In fact, there's no reason for anybody here to be alone when it comes to church because God is with us, reality, spiritually, but tangibly through one another. I'm going to go back to this slide of the gift tag because this is what I've come to say tonight. If Christmas is about names, then there's one name we have to know this Christmas, just one. We shouted out our names. You're going to go home and you're going to have tons of gifts and to and from, and you'll say, oh, you shouldn't have. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Oh, how did you know? Because you hinted a million times. How did you know? How did you know? And we'll open them and say, thank you, whoever is the sender for giving this to me. But God with us is the gift from a Savior King to all of us. Maybe you're going to open lots of gifts Maybe there's lots of presents under your tree, but don't go through Christmas without opening this gift. It's the greatest one of all. It's the gift of Jesus to us from God. The gift of with. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for a chance to share your word. 
Thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ, God with us. And now, God, as we continue to worship you and, and dwell on that name, I pray that you, in a really tangible way, you'll comfort the lonely, you'll fill us with your presence, that you'll, someone who feels far away, you'll draw them close into relationship with you. You didn't come here to be a faraway God. You came here to come close, to be one of us. And Christmas is testimony to that. So God, we ask you now, in the powerful name of Jesus, would you come, would you be God with us in this moment as we celebrate your son, Jesus Christ? Amen.